Welcome to Mindful Social, the show that intersects mindfulness and emotional intelligence with the hectic online world we live in today. Hey everybody, welcome to Mindful Social. This week on the show, I have Michelle Tillis Letterman. She's a real human connector, not one of those people who connects with their own end result or hands you their business cards, but somebody who really puts relationships first and connects with people on a personal level. That's what makes her one of Forbes' top 25 networking experts. And she's also the author of four books, including the best-selling The Connector's Advantage. Now, for the past 15 years, Michelle's been the expert around growing a business's greatest assets. It's people. She's a connection creator. She's the CEO of Executive Essentials, which provides custom communications and leadership programs for all kinds of companies, from Fortune 500 to government clients. I'm very excited to have her on the show this week, and I think you're really going to like this, so stay tuned. Welcome to the show, Michelle. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. I'm so excited to finally make it on. (laughs) (laughs) I have to tell you folks, we worked on this one for a little while because we kept having all kinds of schedule conflicts, as, as does happen with podcasts. But I'm, I'm delighted that you're here and, and that you can teach us a little bit about what it means to be a really human connector. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> love the way you phrase it. Just, just the word human. I'm like, oh, I'm in my happy place. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really one of the things that I, I got from your book. You know, um, the advantage of being a connector isn't necessarily that you're connecting because you want stuff is it and and I love that you said the advantage of because that's actually the name of the book is the connector's advantage (laughs) Um, and so let's first define what a connector is and I think Mm -hmm. we all kind of have that sense of oh that person knows everyone right and that's a really good way to kind of think about who you know that is a connector Mm -hmm. Um, but if we were really to define it it is anyone who is prioritizing the relationships in their interactions it comes you know, in their business, in their personal life, in everything that they do, the relationship is the most important. And that is the mindset of a connector. And the advantage is that whatever it is that they're working on, from the personal to the professional, it's gonna happen faster, easier, and better. Mm. And, mm. and it goes to your health, and it goes to your happiness, but it also goes to your client, or your um, you know, referral, or your, promotion or whatever it might be. So when we're thinking about making those connections, are we thinking about this specific connection that I'm trying to make right now, or is it thinking broader? Definitely thinking broader. And, and that's actually one of the things that has always been a challenge for me because my first book uh, is called The 11 Laws of Likeability. Mm-hmm. And the subtitle is Relationship Networking because people do business with people they like. The publisher made me put the word networking in. And I kind of had a little fight with them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you need it for SEO. And I said, I don't like the word networking. It has the word work in it. And nobody, nobody likes that word. Nobody wants to work at it. So we settle on the relationship networking concept because it is the balance of two. And I don't want people to network for need. Mm. Oh, I need this. Therefore, I'm going to go out and do this. And I'm going to connect with the people who can give me that. That is what I call strategic networking. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what I'm talking about. I am talking about connecting. And my brother-in-law came into my office when I was writing the second book. 
or the last book, and he said, well, what's the difference between networking and connecting? And I had this moment where I looked at him going, well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just instinctively said, networking is something that you do, but a connector, that's who you are. Mm. And that actually became the last line of the book because I think that's what we're talking about. It's not about, I'm going to go and flip a switch and do this thing now, and I'm going to put on this act almost that people sometimes do. And I'm going to collect cards and I'm going to do my follow-up and I'm going to give my, my elevator pitch. Connecting is just about um, embodying the mindsets that I teach so that you can prioritize the relationships, that, so that you can have a moment where you feel like, oh, yeah, same here. Or um, I didn't know that about you. I had a similar experience. So that moment of shared value or shared experience or shared person uh, or shared cause, that's where we connect. And it's not because you have that job <laughs> mm -hmm. or you can give me that introduction. It's because we share something where connection forms and all the other things can flow from there. But if we start with the intention of I need this, then the connection is not about the relationship. Mm. It's about what I can get from that relationship. And isn't that why we all hate, well, not all of us, why I hate networking? Because it's so forced to go in and what we've been trained to do is go in and hand people our business cards and have our elevator pitch and have all that stuff. And it's me, 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 me. And as an introvert, I am so not going there. <laughs> I am much more interested in, you know, okay, that's your business, but who are you? And having that conversation. I love that. Um, remind me to tell you about the three shifts because you just talked about one shift in the mindset. But um, one of the things that I, um, I always say is that it's not about you. It's not about them. It's about the relationship. Mm -hmm. And some of the best connectors I know are introverts because they bring this natural skill around um, listening, of course, but also probing. They're curious and their natural curiosity will have them ask questions, listen to the response and connect in that small one-to-one -one interaction. Mm -hmm. That's actually way more effective than the extrovert. And I am one, so I, I, Not I get shocked. <laughs> I know, never. Uh, you know, we can like work the crowd and make everybody feel welcome and bring everybody in, but that's not where the connection happens. We can create an environment in which we enable connection for lots of other people. Mm -hmm. But the real connection for two people is the one-to-one. -one. So um, it's understanding what skills you bring to that and as I was saying, I'm going to come to the mindset. So that one shift in the mindset is from talking about work to talking about anything. Mm. And when people ask me, what do you do? I hate the question so much because I don't, one, I don't know how to answer it. I don't have an elevator pitch. And if I did have one, because I've tried, it just sounds so salesy. I don't, I don't feel like it's me. It's not what I really want to say. And so I challenge people sometimes to say, well, what do I do for fun? Or what am I doing for my next vacation? Or what am I doing this weekend? Or I can tell you what I did yesterday. <laughs> and just answer the question differently than they expect to enable us to take our conversation away from work to the possibility of true connection. 
Mm. So that's shift number one. The second shift is from short term to long term. Right. And you've already kind of exemplified why that's important because we don't want to do it just because uh, I need something. Mm-hmm. We want to build the relationship that will be there. And actually, we we're talking about this before we hit record. Right. We're both part of a community of other authors and speakers. And we're in this community because we like the people we, and we appreciate the support that we give each other. Mm-hmm. And so we give. And there's so much giving in that group. And then when there is an ask, everybody's like raising their hand and that's what it's about. Right. And it, you know, so, so it's a long, we've been in this group for years and I, I don't even know how many years at this point, but um, it is that long term because we wouldn't still be there if we weren't feeling that connection. Mm-hmm. And the third, and we already said this is that it's not about you, you, it's not about them. It's about the interaction between the two of you. Hmm. So let's go back to the second one for a minute, because really, when you say long term, you're not thinking, okay, what am I going to get out of actually talking to you and taking this time out of my precious networking <laughs> to really, how can we, de- how can I develop a larger community of people that I can connect between them, but also just kind of generally um, make it interesting. Yes. And that is the mindset because a lot of times people go out and they say, I'm going to connect because of what I need. Hmm. But a connector has a generous spirit and a connector is social and curious and a connector is open and accepting. And those are three of the seven mindsets that we talk about. And so what you just said was I am connecting because I don't know who might want to know this person, but if I'm enjoying talking to them and I learn about them, I might go, Oh, you know who you need to connect with. Mm-hmm. and make a connection. And that's how a connector's mind works. It's not about the, the you know, what, what's the quid pro quo? <laughs> Gotta watch that phrase these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it is about the, um, the broader view. Connecting is not linear. Mm-hmm. Although we connect into the one-to-one, the spirit of generosity is not one-to-one. It's the spirit that we put out and that we get back in nonlinear ways. Mm-hmm. So when we do talk about a, a long-term approach, it is, and I like how you said it's more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like connecting doesn't have that word work in it. And I'm just talking to people who I like to talk to. And because mm-hmm. I'm enjoying that conversation. And because we found that similar to me moment that made me feel that this was interesting. And we don't know if that person might have gone to camp with somebody who's in our field, or they might have a neighbor or are married to somebody who might be a great connection for me, we only know that we're enjoying this interaction. Mm. So focus on that. And at some point in the conversation, I will always suggest this, ask and have an answer for, for the one question that you want to happen towards the end of the conversation, which can sound anything like, what are you working on? Or um, what are you trying to accomplish this year? Or who would you like to connect with? Or how can I help you? Any of those kind of questions to get at, is there some way I can be of assistance? Mm-hmm. And then be prepared. Because when you start asking those questions, some people, not all of them, but some people might ask it back. And some people might even beat you to it. Mm, right. 
And one of the mindsets of a connector is actually to have a clear vision, right? If you want to get faster, easier, better results, right? You need to know what result you're looking for. So have an answer to that question. It doesn't have to be big. Right now, when somebody says, what are you working on? Or how can I help? I said, well, my goal is to get to a hundred reviews on Amazon <laughs> and I'm at 96 or so. I don't know. I'm in the upper nineties, but I'm not there yet. And that's it. I'm not looking for anything big. Mm-hmm. Just, just want to get my reviews. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make sure that links in the, uh, the podcast too. <laughs> so, Okay. So having that clear vision, I think that's one of the things that I encounter a lot is when you say, you know, how can I help you? People are like, well, um, uh, I, you can, you know, you end up with this, I don't really know how you can help me. So how do we define something as simple and clear as I want reviews for my book? Um, or, do you have a suggestion for me to do, yes. you know, something? And that's why we want to have that clear vision of whatever it is we're working on, big or small. And if you are at a, at an event, you're there for a reason, right? You want to connect with other people in the field. You're learning about this technology, this industry, this company, mm-hmm. right? And it could be something as little as, you know, I'm really just exploring right now and, and looking to connect with people in X fields or X functions uh, or X companies. And you can be non-specific, right? I want a hundred reviews is really specific. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but it could be, you know, my goal this year is to sell X number of copies of my book. That's not specific in how to do it. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you enable somebody else to bring their creativity and to add, to bring their value of just their ideas. And so sometimes it's, you know, I love how you put it, have any ideas for me, have any advice. You know, I am looking to connect with, right, or learn about, or, you know, I'm starting to think about my next blank. Mm-hmm. Any of those phrases gives somebody the place to say, Ah, well, let's talk for a few more minutes. But if you are like, oh, oh, nothing, I don't need anything. Why? Then, (laughs) yeah, you know, in a way, what we're, we think we're being like giving and not needy, but what we're also doing is we're not giving them the opportunity to feel valuable Mm -hmm. and to feel that you want to stay connected. Because the, the idea that we can add value to somebody makes us feel that there is, um, you know, a desire for connection. But if they're like, yeah, no, 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 bye-bye, then you might feel like, all right, I'll move on. They don't seem to want to build a connection. All right. So that's not positive for anyone. And you're not giving them an opportunity to have a powerful position in being able to help you, which is a lot of people want that. They want to be able to, um, to help if you make it clear. Absolutely. And the funny thing is sometimes you are at a disadvantage, right? So you're at different levels, maybe in your success. And I have many times been um, on the lower end of that hierarchy in -hmm. conversation. Um, I was introduced to a um, CEO of a company that went public and was starting a new one. And I I mean, God, I'll never be as successful as this man. 
And um, he invited me to learn about his, the new company because we had gone to lunch and he shot my ideas down, but it was lovely anyway. And, <laughs> and he's telling me about what he's doing. And it was really a little bit going over my head. It was like tech ed. And I was just, I was being social and curious, right? So this mm -hmm. is one of the mindsets. Social is not social butterfly. Social is just an environment in which you are willing to be curious and learn about another person. Um, and so this was in a office with one other person. I was being social and curious, asking questions about what he was doing. And all of a sudden he does one of those, you know, Oprah moments where they, they put their hands behind their head and they stretch and lean back and they put their feet up and they, they just do that, huh, moment. Mm -hmm. And he did the huh moment and he said, Michelle, you've given me a lot to think about. Now, this is 12 years ago. I didn't have my first book out, let alone four of them. <laughs> and I'm thinking, really? I did? Oh, my God. Like, it made my day for sure. him to tell me that I made him think. I'm still friends with him. Mm -hmm. We emailed within the last few weeks. I have been to his home. I, you know, <laughs> it is, it is not an equal, right, um, reciprocity that happens but there is value that we bring to the relationship and we enjoy each other. And there's been times where he's like, can you talk to my nephew? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I talked to his nephew and, and it, the, the value doesn't have to be the same, but we were in a bar once a few years back. And, and I just said, you know, you know, you're my mentor, right? <laughs> it wasn't formal. It wasn't established. And he just laughed and took another drink of his beer. Right. Mm. <laughs> Because we have relationships that don't have to be equal, but that can still add value to both parties. Right. And when you feel that you don't have anything of value to offer, right, you can still say, what are you focused on right now? Or what are the questions that, you know, your team, organization, whatever is working on? Because mm -hmm. you might not have the answer, but Google might. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a secret for you. You know, there's Google. times that I have left not knowing what the heck somebody was talking about, gone on to Google, called somebody I did know, they've given me the ideas, and I put like five minutes of effort in to sending an email with a couple of links saying, you know, I was trying to figure out what you were saying. I looked at this. I found this article. might be interesting, but my husband mentioned this company that is doing what you referenced. Mm -hmm. And I sent it off. And those are the kinds of things that show, even if you don't know how to add value, that you want to. Yeah, right. Okay. I, I know I can keep going. <laughs> oh, I, I, I really, I love this. And I think, you know, what we're talking about, as I, I said before, is really the humanity of these relationships. And from someone who, I'm, I'm working on the introvert thing, but I'm still not there, is thinking, oh, Okay, I can do that from behind the desk with the Google thing all day. So I do a lot of interactions on social media. But then what about the face-to-face? -face? And how much time is this going to take, Michelle? <laughs> um, I think all channels of connection are valuable. And I actually talk in the book about finding your format. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's social media or volunteering um, you know, or networking through a cause, right? A lot of connections happen through causes. Mm -hmm. So we're both on the board of this or we're both doing the march for that. And you care about something and you already have a connection point. 
and then things can follow. So um, the format that you're comfortable with is a great place to start. What I would challenge all the listeners out there to do is to stretch themselves. So you don't have to go to every live event. Like I'll tell you, even as an extrovert, it exhausts me. <laughs> it's energy. Yeah. So um, when you can connect over multiple channels, you strengthen the ties. So start on LinkedIn um, or whatever platform you are on and, and you are with the people who want um, to connect with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and don't just connect to them, send the notes, send the response, comment on a post, engage a little, ask a question. I've had people truly build relationships with me that I've never met in person, but I know their name and if they called me up, I'd answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And actually a couple of them I even mentioned in the book. And then later when the book came out, I'm like, Sean, you might find your name on page 86. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he was like, just beside himself, but he was like, really? I had that impact. Mm. And, And so social media is a really wonderful platform to start. And if you're going to an event, right, you've got to go to one of these live events and it's not your thing. You can actually leverage social media before and after to make it maybe stickier. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a list of people who are going, you might reach out and say, hey, I see you're going, would love to connect live. Uh, You know, 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 let's meet up or something like that. And you might exchange, but it starts that conversation. So now you're looking at tags. And if you do run into them, you're like, oh, I found you. And it's a little easier. Mm-hmm. If you um, don't get to find them, then you have an easy follow-up via social media or via email and say, hey, I didn't find you there. Would love to connect, uh, you know, hear what you thought of the event, something like that. So you have that easier crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also just think about um, ways that increase your comfort at these events. Give yourself a job, Right. Uh, it, uh, sometimes you don't have to have a real job. It's sometimes just positioning yourself in a way that people are going to look like you know what you're doing mm-hmm. or you know where people are supposed to be. And you can say, there's the coat room, there's the bathroom. We're starting in this room and nobody's assigned you that job, but now everybody thinks that you're somebody important. Right. <laughs> and you become this um, safe person, right? Mm-hmm. Because all the people who are uncomfortable being in this live event are going to go to the person who's standing there alone, but looks like they belong. Mm-hmm. And until they're ready to enter that room, they have this safe person they can chat with. And now you have met or chatted briefly with all these people. <laughs> um, and so now as the introvert, you can go in there and there's familiar faces. So there's ways to, um, to access the channels that might not be as easy for us. Mm-hmm and to form those connections. Um, but the other question you asked me was about time. Hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so here's, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but my, my overall answer is it's about how much time you decide it's gonna take. There is no rule. There's not, you should spend this many hours this time of the week. No. It's like social media. No, so no bad. <laughs> it can suck your life up, right? True. I have some guidelines that I share of ways to think about these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing I want to have people actually have something really practical is how to find time because there's a lot of time that is not, and I'm not talking about downtime, protect the downtime, you know, leave me alone when I'm watching general hospital. (laughs) (laughs) 
but there's time that is not our downtime that is also really underutilized time. And for example, the gym. If that's your downtime, leave me alone, put your headset on and do your thing. But I go to the gym and I'll have business meetings with the person next to me because there's a lot of people at my gym that are in my field. And then we'll sweaty go for, for eggs afterward or something like that. Um, I've had meetings uh, walking my dogs because I know they have dogs. Now these are local meetings, right? Um, but these are underutilized times where if you're like, oh, I've got to do some in-person stuff. Well, I hired somebody I met at the dog park. You already have your connection point. Mm -hmm. um, I've had business meetings over getting nails done and you can do that anywhere. <laughs> um, you know, they, men say it all happens on the golf course, right? But if you're not into golf, then you find the things that you're into and you can invite somebody to do the things that, um, that you're already doing. And that's how you can find time. You can commute with somebody or you can use your commuting time. If, again, if it's not your downtime to send a few emails, to talk to somebody for a few minutes on the phone, um, to do a little of that, reach out on social media because you're not really relaxing <laughs> um, on the train. And if you're driving, that's a great time for a phone call because you know what, you're stuck in traffic. It'll go a lot faster if there's somebody hanging out with you. Right. Yeah. Certainly something I do a lot is I'm mostly on the phone in the car because, you know, Silicon Valley. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I have seen other speakers do, and I do on occasion, but I'm not as good at it, is, okay, if I'm going to be speaking in New Jersey, for example, reaching out and saying, who's in that area that I can connect with? Because I'm going to be in town and I'm going to have time to kill. I love that. I do absolutely you love that. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same concept of when I know I have this emptiness in my schedule that I can't really use productively, mm -hmm. but I'm also not going to be using to relax. That's the found time, right? Right. The least productive hour of the work week. Any guesses? Four o'clock, my house. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right on four o'clock on a Friday. Mm, yeah. Four o'clock to five o'clock on a Friday is the least productive hour of the work week based on research. Mm. So four to 5 p.m. on a Friday when you're like just waiting for the weekend, great time. You can clean your desk. You can send a few emails. You can do a little social media. You can have a quick phone call. Um, for me, that food coma time is great mm -hmm. because right after lunch, my brain just isn't ready for real work. <laughs> I just need a little of the digestion time and to kind of regroup on my energy. And that's a great time for a catch-up call. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. What other tips might you have for someone who is, let's say they're not an introvert and they're not an extrovert either. They haven't really been getting out because maybe they're feeling a little just hesitant that, you know, all of the traditional, I have to get out and push my business, all of that stuff is getting so in their head that they're not able to get out and go to, even if it's just a craft meeting or something else that they're interested in. Mm. What can we do to get those folks moving forward and not being quite so petrified? <laughs> um, so I guess it really depends on what the block is, mm. right? 
because there's different ways to overcome a block based on what the block is. If the block is, I really hate those things, right? That's one block versus I just don't have time for those things. Um, and so again, sometimes we can't make it to an event, but we can email somebody saying, I can't make it, but I thought you might be interested in this. Mm. Connection doesn't always have to be long, face-to-face, um, or even direct. Connection can be what I call a light touch. And it could be, oh, Janet, you're gonna see Maria? Oh, will you tell her I said hi? I haven't talked to her in ages. Mm. And nice. now you have something to talk to Maria about, right? Because you have creating that common person strengthens your connection with Maria. Mm-hmm. And it gives you something else to talk about that might take the conversation somewhere else. And it strengthens my connection with both of you because my name is being raised, you know, in that conversation. So that's what I call a light touch. Um, Congratulations on your blank, right? Happy birthday. These are light touches that have you in somebody's mind, like in the front of their mind, but not really getting in their face. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the block is I feel pushy or they don't really want to connect. And so a light touch lets you just show up on their radar without asking for anything in return and even a response. So that, you know, that little bit of a reach out can be a place to start. So it depends on what your hurdle is that you're trying to overcome. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is pick one thing, right? You do the things that you do, you do them well. Like you are the social media guru and that's your place and you you've got it all down so you might pick one other channel format approach idea that came out of today and try that you might say you know what i'm going to volunteer for a cause and you know actually talk to the people who are also volunteering Mm -hmm. i landed my first ever client through volunteering Um, That actually just, you just reminded me of that because I'm an animal person. I love animals. I've done animal rescue work most of my life. And I was doing a a benefit called the Canine Comedy Benefit in New York City. And I had like 200 volunteers. This was a big deal. And um, at at the time I was still in my finance career, but I was building this business on the side. And when you're passionate about what you do, you talk about it and you should, you should share it. Um, and, and share your energy and share your enthusiasm. And one of the volunteers, I don't remember his name. I don't think I knew his name, but he came up to me and he said, Donna told me what you're working on. Cause I had told Donna and he said, would you like to meet my boss? And I said, who's your boss? And he said, the head of investment banking training at JP Morgan. Oh, how awful for you. I was like, um, <laughs> let me just pick up my jaw off the floor so I can nod my head. <laughs> yes, please. And thank you. And when, <laughs> um, and JP Morgan was my first client mm-hmm. and it was because of that. And so that might be, you know, something that feels like a good middle ground for you mm. or, um, somebody who's not really on social, that might be their stretch or going to one of these networking events or, so I would challenge all of your listeners to pick one one idea that they heard from today and just try it. And then I'll tell you what I tell my kids. It takes 10 times to try a new food before you know if you like it. (laughs) Now the truth of the matter is it's really about five or six, Mm -hmm. but if I tell them 10 and I can get to five or six, I'm good. 
um, the first three times, right? The first three times you try something, it's uncomfortable. Whether it's food or an environment, the first three times is, is you know, breaking in those shoes. So try it at least that. And by the time you get to the fifth or sixth time, you'll know this is not my format. I gave it a fair shake and I'll try something else. Right? Okay, one last thing that I've gathered from everything that I've read of yours is the biggest secret in being a connector and creating those connections is following through when you're asked to do something or if someone asks you, hey, email me and I'll blah, blah, blah. So do you think that's kind of the biggest thing that we're place where we fall down sometimes? So this is the mindset of conscientiousness. Hmm. A connector does what they say they're going to do. They follow up, they follow through. I actually explain how to make an introduction as a connector and how if you receive an introduction to close that loop, right? Excellent. So um, part of being a connector is understanding what you're willing to say yes to and what you're willing to say no to. And to be really clear on that because when you embody these mindsets, you are going to do what you say you're going to do. And don't say you're going to do it if you're not sure you will. And that's a really important lesson to take away because another mindset of a connector is trust, right? And so if you say, I'll email you and don't, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just, we forget. So I'm all about writing the note on the back of the business card or taking my phone out right then and there and putting something in my calendar because you want to make sure you capture it. And sometimes what I do is I put the responsibility on the other person. And I say, if you email me, I will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, you know, like make sure you write something on the back of the card if you want me to do something. Mm -hmm. Because I, I've had book signings where there are 200 people deep and, and the people will drop their card. And I'm like, if there's nothing written on there, it's going what to the of the pile. Right. right. And the likelihood is I'm not getting to the bottom of the pile. Mm -hmm. um, so I do think that um, it's never too late. And so all of a sudden it's two weeks after that event, three weeks, two months after that event. And you remember and you went, oh, I never. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all hate that feeling? Right? We have those moments. I, you know, I have like, uh, if your people could see the amount of business cards that are like a graveyard on my desk, it's mm -hmm. insane. I, <laughs> and that's a good way to put it. The business card graveyard. Because... Oh yeah. I actually have an actual graveyard on my windowsill that is probably <laughs> about two feet of business mm. cards. Um, but I've also been like, oh my God, I totally forgot. You know, um, and so I will right then and there send an email that says, I just found your business card on my mess of a desk. I can't believe I, you know, forgot what you make it yours, mm -hmm. you own it. Say, I totally let this fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. Or I've sent emails that say, it's been too long, right? You've lost touch with somebody or somebody who I tried to connect with, they didn't respond. Six months later, I'll pull that email up that I sent that didn't get a response. And I'll say, you know, I realized that we never connected on this. And, you know, it was a busy time and I didn't, you know, uh, I didn't recheck with you. So I'm checking now. Right. We can take the responsibility, even though it was them that didn't respond, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Give them that second chance um, or third chance. Usually after three, I might say that one's really not interested. Mm. But sometimes it's just, 
you know, it's tax season or, you know, I got a cold. Yeah. Son's wedding, whatever it is. Like there are times when like, I just can't focus on those things now. Mm -hmm. So great. It's a few months later. Let's try now. Yeah. Yeah. So love that. Give yourself a break. It's okay. Just because you didn't do it quickly doesn't mean you can't do it at all. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> and thank you so much for taking the time today because I've, I've been wanting to do this for a while and we haven't been able to chat. So gosh, you guys, you really need to uh, check out this book and do a review. Yes. <laughs> I said. Honest reviews of the Connectors Advantage are greatly appreciated. Yes. Yes. And read the book because there's so much value in it, especially all the different levels of connection, all of these things that we don't really think of those nuances because it's not our business, but it is your business and it's in the book. And I really appreciate it. I'm so glad to have finally gotten to connect with you this way. I mean, like we've been in this group forever and it just feels that we have a stronger connection now. So this is just one more channel that we can use and I love it. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to Mindful Social. I hope you enjoyed the show and I would love to hear your feedback. Send me an email to Janet at JanetFouts.com or visit my blog at JanetFouts.com for more shows just like this one. Please don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends.